everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. And you're welcome along uh, to LOI Central here in Oliver Marketing in Glasnevin. And uh, yeah, we're buoyant here after the victory of Sean McCormick last night. A good start to uh, LOI in Europe for 2022. As ever, we're in association with Future Ticketing, who've been our sponsor for uh, a year and a half now. The Porterhouse Brewery. Massive reaction to the question last week, which involved a Sean McCrover's player. They will be giving away four uh, free beers uh, later on the show. We'll have a question, uh, and we are also uh, in association uh, with... No, I think that's it, actually. They are our sponsors, and in, we're in association with Patrick Kavanagh today. Patrick Kavanagh of Canal Bank Walk fame. Not that Patrick Kavanagh. No. Paddy no, Kavanagh. No. We'll just keep, keep on top follow, yeah. Future Stick and Collar and Cuff. And our friends in Porterhouse. And if you uh, go I, I to that, if I you go to Collar and Cuff, I did miss Collar and Cuff. So if you go to Collar yeah. and Cuff, uh, you get a free shirt and tie with your suit. And we're trying to implore Kieran, who's on sound today, because he's gotten a job in the courts to go to uh, Collar and Cuff. But I, I think he's a student, and you know. But Decky, look after you. He will look after. Even him. students are welcome. Yeah. Kieran's not convinced. I, I, I was going to start I, with the the goals go by in twos and threes. Patrick having a reference. Why didn't you do it? I forgot. So there, there it is. I, I How are you, Dan? I'm good. I feel like you need to s- strike the tone right of the intro. Like we're in buoyant form here today. I can just imagine Bose fans, fans of Bose and other clubs I just don't, like going. Well, we'll just we'll just switch off yeah. here. I don't if apologize you're still for what, for wanting League of Ireland teams to win in Europe. Is Paddy Kavanagh here already? He'll have to wait. He'll have to wait. But um, yeah, no, you 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 don't you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to turn off, but I mean, like, you have to be careful, Johnny. Mm. You have to be here, like, you have to reflect the fact that, like, rivalry is real, it exists. Um, I, I, I've always said it's good for our clubs to do well in Europe, but I mean, you can't be too happy. You can't be too We're happy. We're going to hear from Ronan Finn, who was uh, talking after the game. We're go- also going to hear from Rory Higgins ahead of uh, Derry City's European conquests. Good night last night, Dan, for Shamrock Rovers. Over 7,000 at the game. Good buzz. A lot happening. Rory Gaffney should have been sent off. Then he set up the third goal. Scored the third goal, set up two goals. Rovers should have conceded a 2-0, I think we can agree. And there were moments in the game that like it could have been uh, 50-50 going into the next leg, but now it isn't. Yeah, and listen, I mean, it was comfortable, really, all things considered. like um, They did have that sort of moment after halftime, and, and there's definitely probably lessons to be learned. I, I think... I don't think they'll probably be as open against a better team, whereas they're obviously, I mean, they were done by one ball where there was no Rovers player in their own half initially. Mm, mm. Um, and I, I, as much as they're a positive attacking team, um, I'm not sure if they play Ludogorets, which is more than likely who they're going to play, play in the next round, that they're going to leave themselves exploited in that position. But I suppose the one thing about Rovers in Europe last year, I mean, they did concede bad goals. There's no doubt. Um, and they're going to play against a better standard of attacker um, later on in Europe than they do regularly at home and, and obviously that little niggling fear is that um, they'll be exposed defensively like they were last year so that's mm. that's just an important sort of caveat there to, to you know to, to be sort of pointed out in the context of where they are but we talk it like I mean this is unusual I was sort of writing about it in my report I mean the Irish record in the Champions League um since recent memory, you go back to the mid two thousands, all right, and there was a couple of first round wins, and you know, shells beating Lantern. It was, a, you know, there, there was, it was, there was, a, there was a spate of them then. 
Um, but in the last decade, I mean, since Rovers beat Flora Talon in 2011, like that was 1-0 in Agra over two legs. I remember the second leg was a real sense of celebration when they held on, even though they were, they were the better side in that tie. Um, you had the, we were in Iceland together in 2016 for the away goals win and Riga, the penalty shootout win for Dundalk. Every other Champions League Irish team has lost their first round game. Um, so to be 3-0 up and, and maybe thinking it might have been more, although you know, Gaffey should have been sent off and uh, who knows how that might change the dynamic of the game, you know, even if it had finished 2-0 and you're missing Gaffney, you might be nervous going over there. This is unusual, but it just goes to show that when you do get the chance to be seated, because I think Rovers were in 2012 under Kenny too, mm. and he lost to Kranis. Um, when you get the chance to be seated, like you just have to take it, and, and they did get a very good draw, right? I mean, this is just what happens, but you earn that luck by getting yourself on the seated side of the draw. It gives you a percentage chance of getting that type of tie. If you're unseated, you can't get a team like that in the Champions yeah. League. So they've they've uh, they've exploited this opportunity well, like done a professional job, and, and should now move on to sort of a prolonged European the, run. The Champions route, yeah. The prolonged European run um, looks very much on the cards, and in fairness, Danny Mandroyo, since we last spoke, um, is going to Lincoln. Um, Jack Byrne was injured last night. Graham Burke was injured. So, like, in fairness to them, to overcome all of that, and, like, I thought he was a poor now, but let's be honest. Yeah. Like, um, the the greatest highlight for them on the night was uh, the kind of scrap between their fans and like the Rovers fans in front of me, which almost looked like it was going to go out of control at one point. And I didn't know why they were tell so- people about that, Johnny. People might not be see that wasn't we're in the ground. We know that happened, but it wasn't visible on TV. So tell me what happened. This was in response to the Gaffney situation, where you do have, by the way, a club here fueled by a sense of injustice that they were like you know they are they are limited, but they are also missing the spine of their team on account of their suspensions from last year, which, we, dis- which we discussed last. Last week, um, um, and and you know, these, for example, they signed a big centre half there, a uh, Brazilian fella who's basically a club legend. We mentioned him last week, 37, 38. I don't know if you know. Call back in from like, uh, yeah, basically almost retirement, no, like, yeah. And and I, I don't know if you know. So I certainly heard it in the first half for Aaron Pico Green. Lopez. Sorry, yeah, Aaron Green was Aaron in, yeah, he said in your report. Yeah, well, he basically, I mean, I, I was a bit more diplomatic in the report, but he basically said to Andy Lyons, like, he can't move, you know, and was basically telling him to just, you know, shift the ball in behind him when he can. But but tell us about the disturbances then, because at one stage it was like a couple of guards sort of meandering there around the place. Do you know why I saw it? Because I was relegated to, like, the sort of substitute bench. You're of the in the media. media overflow. I was in the overflow, which. I think I said Were you was, writing a report on the night? I was. I was like working for the national broadcast, so I was a little bit. Uh, oh, you were shafted there. I was shafted, so it was like me and I, uh, there, in fairness, there were like a few other journalists there, but um, such as my status in Tala, it is. What when it you is. applied, did you declare you were working doing a, a live match report? You have to click. I clicked on the relevant uh, yeah. four sections. You maybe should have. You, know, you could have been more assertive there, but anyway, I didn't really didn't really mind. It also meant that Stephen Kenny was sitting two rows in front of me and you could kind of look at a Stephen Kenny everyone was getting involved in the fracas because there was a Rovers fan in front of me who I'm pretty sure was one of the Rovers fans who came up to me at the start of the game fan of the podcast and he's like we need to win tonight we need to score the goals and blah blah blah, blah. but he, I think he was the Rovers fan that basically got involved in this verbal sparring match are you, su- are you suggesting that our listeners are agro merchants uh, some of them are some of them are yeah. I just want to be careful if that listener is out there we're not suggesting you were involved uh, the guy so he was he was like roaring sort of back like basically expletives in English at the Maltese now they were slightly out of my kind of um, 
vision but you could hear that they were going mad and i heard one of them saying we're supposed to be the visitors here we're supposed to be visitors and why are you treating us like this then it was kind of funny but then it seemed to like uh get to the stage that something could kick off here so the stewards come over the cops come over to try to manage things um and all of this was over the Rory Gaffney incident, which I completely missed. And then you watch it back, and you're like, well, they had a little bit of a reason. Did you reference this in, the, in your match report? Which, that the I Gaffney? missed it? Yeah. I, I did because my brother uh, my brother had sent me, like, he's like, the, I'm watching it on TV. How is he not sent So you off? were able to reflect that, yeah. And Rory, I was. Rory Gaffney's explanation was that he did catch him in the face. It was but he didn't accident. mean to, yeah. Mean it. But then I, I sort of looked at the, um, I, I went back and watched the, the game back. I didn't watch all of it. I watched some because I wanted to see the cameo by uh, Justin Ferzai because at that stage I was on match report duty. So everyone was like, he was brilliant. I didn't really see it because that's the last five minutes. I texted you, this lad's a player and he's like, your type of player or well, something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, listen, Justin, here it begins. This is where this is where the sustained the sustained Justin campaign. This, well, I'm here this kid forever, but he was good. I did, I did, I did watch him in his little cameo, and he was decent. But you saw it in the full time whistle, Gaffney being congratulated, like because obviously the cameras on him because he's got man of the match. And I don't know. I mean, he could be talking about something completely different, but you can see him making comments with all of his teammates, and they're probably all saying the same thing, like. Well, you got away with 100%. one there, potentially. And and I mean, in fairness, if that game is 2 1, it's slightly in the melting pot. It could have been 2 1. It is. Um, Particularly as it'd be warm over there, it'd be literally melting. Exactly. Uh, the now, pot would be the, the, melting. The, the pot would be melting. So, so Justin, as you mentioned, came in. Uh, I think he made his debut. I think it was at his debut there. Like, he uh, came on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Against um, Bose, wasn't it? Against Bose. Yeah. Um, and he's obviously like been playing with the seventeens, but uh, yeah, he he look, he looked very excited. He was, he was mentioned on our podcast with Shane Robinson earlier. Yeah, this so comfortable on the ball. Um, and in fairness, Rovers able to you know uh, empty the bench and bring in these young players. And uh, you've you've been doing lots of uh, transfer stories. We'll deal with that. The, we'll deal with that in the mailbag. Yeah, we, we have we have comments about that. So we'll he, deal with that. Another player who was who's kind of linked. Um, but yeah, all in all, uh, very enjoyable. Like, some, like I was at the ground at six o'clock. There were loads of people. Like yeah, I around actually trying to get in or whatever. I actually, it's funny. I, I didn't. There wasn't much chat on my sort of radar about this game, and I kind of wondered. Because it's like season ticket holders don't apply for mm. the Champions League games, or they don't. Well, they, they generally don't. Um, I sort of wondered: Will the crowd here be in that four or five thousand? Ter- you know, it's not a school night, or sorry, it's it is a school night. Well, actually, it's not. Schools are off. Schools are over. That's a big difference. Sorry, but you know what I mean. The mi- midweek is a little bit more awkward. I knew some people who would normally go who couldn't go for just various reasons because yeah. it was because it was midweek. Um, and I kind of wondered, and then you saw you saw the you saw the sort of the projections, and then no, that was actually it. And it does like you're like, wow, Rovers have really expanded their core support now, and I think that's something that that's like they it's clear in your face that they've done this. Now. I think they're a talent thing as well. I think they've local people, but that wasn't always the case. Yeah, who have started to follow them because yeah. you know over time. Um, but let's Ronan hear from, from Ronan Finn. Yeah, first goal in Europe, first goal of the season, thirty five later this year. Uh, here's Ronan Finn after the game. First goal of the season for you, not a bad time. Ah, scored in the President's Cup, does that count? <laughs> you know? Uh, oh, yeah. You know, glad to, glad to win the game. You know, I thought uh, we dominated the game. Um, second half, they came into it on the counter a couple of times, but I think overall we um, made a good account of ourselves and give ourselves a good chance to, you know, qualify for the next round. I was just saying the match report, TJ reading yourself both 34 and going strong, like your, your, your legs just seem to be nearly as good as ever, are they? I do put a lot of emphasis on recovery, to be fair, I do. As I've got older, uh, you don't want to admit it, but you you have to put more emphasis on recovery, and I'm in the recovery rooms uh, a lot. 
you know, a lot to be fair. I mean, it twice, twice a week, and it does help. You know, it does help. So I, I want to, you know, once I keep on, once I'm look at myself, I feel I give myself a chance and. I think if you if you take your eye off that, you know, all of a sudden there's a lot of players in the squad that you lose your place and, you know, you find yourselves on the scrap heap and I don't want that to be me, yeah. It is mad the depth in the squad, like you see even Justin coming in at the end, how well he did and the players you're missing tonight. Yeah, no, I think the last few weeks we've been down bodies, but in fairness, I think the lads have stepped up, you know, um, throughout the squad. Uh, Dylan's been brilliant the last few weeks, Gary O'Neill, you know, a lot of lads have stepped up, Greener, Rory here. And they've been brilliant because we're missing some, some of our top talent, you know, um, Graham, Jack, Danny gone. You know, these are big players for us, but the boys have been brilliant. And um, that's the power of the squad, power of the managers, belief in everybody. Um, we lose players, doesn't seem to affect us. Um, we go out with the mindset to, to win the game. And I think the last three games between Bowes, Pats and Finn Harris, who have three massive games for the club, um, just gives us that opportunity to go and, you know, to, to really keep it to focus on Europe and it gave us that chance we've no game this week we'll fully focus on um, on the away leg and we'll let we'll, we'll let the you know the, the rest play their game in hand It's a few years now since your Dundalk performances here against Zenith and teams like that how much does Europe mean to you at this stage of your career? Yeah I want to keep I want to play as a, like I want I want um I want to get this. I don't want to say too much, but I want to. I want to get to them heights again. You know, they're the best. They're the best days. On the group stages, like they're the best days of your career. They're, they're ultimately what you jump out at. You know what I mean? You, when you, when you, people retire, I'm sure you ask the Rovers lads from 2011 who've hung up their boots. What's the highlight? I'm sure you know probably straight out of mouth. They're going to say 2011 playing in Spurs, playing you know in Kazan. So they're the highlights of your career and. That's what I want to get back to. I think there's a really strong group here. I think the mentality's strong. I think the um, the loss of last year against Talon as well hurt us. But you know, you learn from that. And I think that was a, like even how we played tonight. I think we we managed the game better that maybe than we did away in Talon last year. Um, and I suppose it all comes with experience. We've got to learn from Talon last year. Um, and listen, but it's it's very very early days. You know, you you want to get there, but ultimately, you know, you know, in the next ground, you're gonna, you know, if we get there in the next leg, it's gonna be tough. Over seven thousand there tonight as well. It seems like a special time for the club. Yeah, it is. This has been coming in fairness for the last. Um, Probably like a few years we've been building towards it, so I was only thinking about it today, about like how 2019 winning the FAI Cup really was the catalyst for us, and um, it's just been the buzz around the stadium. I mean, even for me, like the anxiety of a European night, it, it's it, it's hard to compare. Like you just get this extra, I suppose, you know, nervousness. It's it's it is an anxiety, but it's the buzz around. It's just the, you know, you're away from the league, you're, you're playing against new opposition, you're playing the unknown. And because uh, I know the special nights are they're involved in it, and it's it's that uh, it's that extra buzz, and you can see the energy in the crowd today was great. Just finally, Stephen Bradley seemed to really enjoy it as well. It's obviously a difficult time for him, and you're all rallying around him, I guess. Of course, yeah. Listen, the manager is, you know, he's he's the main man in the club. You know, we all love him. Uh, him and his family are unfortunately going through a, a difficult time there, but we're all we're all here from. You know, we'll do anything we can to help him. And um, I suppose if, if these small wins for him give him you know a little bit and his boy that bit of joy you know that that's that's what we have to do and then you know we've got our objectives for you know for the family for the end of the year and to have them all back together with us um, and it is so you know we've got to do our part as well. Congrats, Fenner. Thanks, Millie. Cheers, 
Yeah, like as I said, Ronan Finn's, well, you didn't actually say it to him, but I mean, Ronan, I mean, you missed the Gaffney kick, you missed the Ronan Finn stat, 48, 48 appearance in Europe, first goal. And that's going all the way back to uh, his debut for against well, Sporting Fingal back in, or for oh, Sporting I Fingal. Re- reminded of him flashing a so, shot wide against Zinn at St. So Petersburg at that teleground. So he's now second, I think, in the all-time appearance charts in Europe behind Gary Rogers. So I think it's 54, I think, 53, mm. 54. Um, so... Obviously, Rovers are now guaranteed seven more games, seven more 90-minute games. So if he's involved in all of them, he'll be the appearance holder. And obviously, he'll be hoping there's there's six more on top of that. So look, it, it is one of the... They're guaranteed seven more if they win. Um, isn't that right? Yeah, if they, if if they, they get they through win. next week. Yeah. yeah, like if they get through next week, which, which they will, right? Like our next show is going to be out after that game. If, if, if this hasn't happened, we're going to be just doing a crisis special next Wednesday. <laughs> um, so no, they are. Like they're, they're guaranteed three more ties. And, and like Finn is one of the great League of Ireland careers. There's no doubt in that. And when you think about it, he left... Dundalk straight after 2016 I mean that was the big I remember being at the it was the Irish Independent Sports Awards that night and Stephen Kenny I think Finney Parrott and maybe a couple of people were there and there was clearly something going on and it was the news had just come through about Finn's Finn's departure um, and it probably didn't look wise in the immediate aftermath for, for um, quite some time actually and, and I think even getting to a and, and like he's won two leagues so it's, it's more than vindicated now but I think getting back to another group stage obviously would be the perfect arc you, you know, could the, tell yeah the you could tell that's what he's dying for so um, yeah no like they put themselves in a strong position I and mean, when you think about it now like think about it logically like this is a team that sort of wins a lot of games you know they're used to even this season when they haven't played particularly well they've won games and for them to not make group stage football now they'll basically need to not lose six games, but probably not win in, in six games. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's very easy to see them not getting past Ludogorets. I mean, it's it's logical that that would probably be the case because Ludogorets. I don't. I think like uh, last night they'll need to. I, I'm not uh, sure that team would, would be good enough. And, no, but and here's, Jack my, here's, my, be back. here's my point. No, here's my point. Like Ludogorets is a game, but that you can expect them maybe to lose. But you would hope that's not the case. And second leg at home, and you never know. I think like a lot of things can happen, but it's actually that. If they if that was to be a scenario that happened, they would go into the third round of the Europa League, where they'd probably be playing against the, they would be playing against a team that would lose in the round next week yeah. at the same level. Yeah, and that's a tie. You're thinking, right? You could really, you know, you could have a real pop at that, you know. Mm. And you know, can you see them losing all these games? I mean, maybe they will, and maybe that's it. And we have to assess where we see them but you sort of feel that they've got a performance in them like last year at home to Bratislava they did produce their performance they probably didn't match it later on in the campaign but they did have that night mm. at home and they just need a night like that like the Dundalk Bate night one of these magic sort of European nights where everything clicks and the other team just is, is caught up in it and they just need one of those and they're going to get like three chances like three ties to produce one of those nights and you think yeah it's like it's it's plausible you can see it so um but anyway, yeah, we've got we've got the other two the other two games to come on Thursday. We'll we'll sort of discuss them with, with Paddy Cavanaugh when he comes in. But before that, let's go to our mailbag. Hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronic letters. What do we got this week, Dan? Yeah, well, just before we uh, move to the more uh, weightier topics, this whole curry chip thing seems to have taken off. 
as a as a discussion point. It's just, I mean, it's a weird thing for me. You know, it's in my head at League of Ireland. I actually went for curry chips, like waiting for the bus home after the game in Tala last night. Like five euro for curry chips it used to be like a euro when I a pound when I was a kid. Well, just, that's, that's it's just, inflation all that, but like well, five euro for curry. Like, like the actual cost, like of the product, is like about five cent. I'd say. But we're old, Johnny. Like I think of all what everything costs when we were younger. Like I mean, it's it's like uh, people are like. 20 now just, just shut up lads I did get on the I got, got on the bus then and these Rovers fans got off like several stops down the line and I looked over and there was just a car park and there was Graham Burke and Aaron Green with uh, one of the one of their kids just like playing in a car park just like with their Rovers tracksuits on just mingling with the fans like being part of the and Ronan Finn who, who's, whose child was that actually the child in the in the area afterwards they all loved this young girl and they were like cheering her around and she was doing like you know uh, fist bumps and all this I actually don't know it was one of the, one of their children, anyway. That's a very interesting discussion yeah. point. Maybe Berkey, was it? Does Berkey oh, ever... Johnny, ever? Johnny, 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 Johnny. It, it, well, you, you know, anyway. You know. You know. They, they, the, the Rovers... There's a okay, happy this Rovers is not a, there. The, the, Okay, this, this, is a, this is not a Rovers podcast, Johnny. <laughs> you're, you're, just, you're just like... You're infused with Rovers' enthusiasm here now. I Despite like, the fact it was I, relegated I to feel, like... I uh, feel like I need to balance this off now. Mm. It's sort of like... You're not, you're not getting excited about who, who whose child that In, in terms of curry chips... Can I just go for fuck's sake? The curry chips were... You know, were... Excellent. This in is brain. This, the, They're this excellent nothing in brain. to do with the mailbag. You, you brought up curry chips. Yeah. This obviously this is how this works, Johnny. If this is your first time listening to the show, we, we go to the mailbag section by talking about what our listeners say, not about your sort of. Uh, I'm yellow, giving an answer. Your sort of yellow pack Ulysses trip through Tala, you know, Tala <laughs> into Dublin last night. Anyway, Peter Clancy, in reference to the best curry chips in the league, would Johnny agree that the curry chips at Avon DC Park are a miserably small portion? Nothing beats a feed from the village friar in Killy Gordon after harps away and the Pyatt Daily Mount is in a league of its own. No comments. What's your no comment? I, I, I like a Magoi noise. I can't comment on our, on our project. You can comment on everything else. Yeah. <laughs> you comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go. <laughs> you bloody hell. What is the best curry chips in the league? Like if you're very, you know you're the, very willing to comment on the, the, the tri bowl because you named it. But when it comes to the curry chips, unless, unless you got the chance to name some kind of curry chip. This, you know, let's just say if you knew the intricacies of it, you wouldn't be antagonizing the providers of our curry chips. That's all. So, like, you, you, you know, our are, curry they from, ch- are they from Live Golf? <laughs> anyway, Saudis, Brian, Brian Mallon, uh, draw the United fan Brian here. I tried the curry chips in Richmond Park after you mentioned it on the pod, and it was class. Yeah, they are nice. So there we go. It's yeah. like, uh, oh, you can, you can comment on them. Uh, improved an otherwise damp night on Friday <laughs> evening. Also, the spice bag in United Park is unreal. Yeah, I to be honest, your your footy grand story about like your man plonking the very least slice. But like, what is the ideal like? So in in Tala they've pizza. I think like, what's the ideal well, rub at a League oh, of Ireland match? See, I feel bad because I very rarely class. eat at match. Like, don't eat the games. I think the last time I ate at the match was getting early to Daily Mount, and this would have been pre-COVID. I think to get one of the pies. And is the pie truck still there? Is it still the same? I think pie it operation? is. Like I've been to games that was a good stand in the San Siro, where as a journalist you're given like pasta, wine, and everything like yeah. we need more of this in the League of Ireland oh, no, so yeah. you know what you get in the League of Ireland you get thrown into a section that isn't even the media section I despite the like fact you're working for the national broadcaster lingering away it's just it actually wasn't until you mentioned it yeah. and now it's just like so that, there you're you the are Sean, the love in is now over you're in the got a great, great, great welcome you're otherwise. like the, one of those sixth, the sixth member like Westlife or Boyzone one of these like you're just mm. on the edge you brought like an extra thinking st- of curry stunt chips double of some description <laughs> thinking of curry chips but not the Galway ones no comment on them because Sinister things might happen to you if you do. Um, 
Dunner, um, let's move on to the more serious stuff. Um, <laughs> what can be done to try and prevent such low release clauses in players' contracts? And then, this yeah, is man draw you, is yeah, then Crutzy, you know, if Burns, Mandrew, etc., are playing in a different league, would they command a higher fee? And there's a, there's a anything, there's a few comments along those lines. You were busy breaking stories in uh, this week. I mean, as you were weren't afraid to mention to me several times. I was just, I was, I was teasing yeah. it because like, um, yeah, to be fair, Dan, Dan does like and some the untold one is very interesting. Well, we'll see what happens there. But like, yeah, I mean, this is this is the thing. Like, did this league one exodus? And we we spoke about this earlier. I mean, Danny Mandrew going for thirty grand approx um, is is not great. I heard a couple of weeks back about this clause and and. I feel like, no, that can't be true, you know? Like, this, Well, the, you referenced this in your story. So there's word of, like, overseas interest, but they kind of, like, yeah. shied away on the basis of this, like, after if it's 30 grand, like... This is almost too cheap. That's it's like, mad. It's like, a, like, as I said, it's, you know, it's, it's like you see a discount rate on, on some food that's, like, you know, the date is today, and you're like... I've been in that. I've I've often like overdone it on that, not realizing that these are perishable goods. Like, so you do need to eat them. It, it felt like a good idea at the time, and then you just end up like yeah. throwing them out. No, we're not saying Danny Mandrew is a perishable good. Mm. Um, we well, kind but, of is. Well, like, this was everyone's, yeah. but um, we're all we're all going to perish us. eventually. Mm. But the the, the climate the, change. The, the point. <laughs> there you go. It's the twenty minutes. Of anyone on this on the sweep? Um, nah, like. Uh, the, the, the legacy of this is that when Mandrew signed the deal, like this was put in his, this was the initial clause and it showed how both, sorry, the Rovers needed him at the time. Yeah. And like, this is the nature of player negotiations. Like how badly does a club need a player? Well, then you have to agree to certain things. And look, we, we talk about maybe getting bigger transfer fees in for players and we want our young players to go for bigger money. But what you're going to have naturally is there's, there's more agents, there's more people advising people. I'm aware of anecdotal tales similar to this where you might have players at 17, 18 who are saying, well, I won't sign professional for your club unless you give me a release clause. If the player doesn't sign professional, then they can remain as an amateur. And while there still will be compensation terms due for mm. a time at a club, it obviously leaves the club in a less favourable position. Mm-hmm. And the flip side, I mean, I've, I've still heard of some clubs, I think Pats, you know, I, I've done some decent long-term deals with young players. Um, and, and Dara Burns, to be fair, like was on a professional deal for quite some time. And they've done a good job there, even though it came to the stage where he wouldn't then sign a new contract beyond the end of the season. So it, it naturally came to a, like a pinch point this summer. Um, but this is, this is the, this is the, the game we live in, like we, we've seen this, I think the Cottle Heffernan clause in, in Cork was, was very small. Um, and there's certainly agents working the game, working the scene who will say, um, you know, this is the terms. Now, how do you tackle this? Well, I, I suppose as well, what you need as well as the clubs to some degree, um, you, you could have a situation where, where certain clubs will say, well, we want to get the best young players. We'll agree, we'll agree to these clauses so you know, this player doesn't go to our domestic rival. But in doing that, you're probably facilitating the yeah. situation where small money comes into the league and that yeah. doesn't help everyone. But it's easy for us to sit here and say that like competitive rivalry means you, you'll do anything you can to get the player and say, oh, yeah, we, we'll let you go easily. Is that good for the game either? Like, you could argue that it's not. Well, funny so, enough that we've had a space of relatively lucrative moves to England now from young players. That was never the case. Like Alex Murphy's last game is Friday. That's a lot of money for going out. No, no, that, that is a good one. And, and, and we know the ones that are good. And, and ideally, like, 
I think I mentioned this on off to what we did the other day, but we might not have listened to that. I mean, what clubs need to do as well here too as well, that sometimes they'll give professional contracts to the, what they believe is the outstanding young talent. Totally, totally. But, but then they'll skimp it on maybe ones that aren't. And you That's know, complex to, to, as well. To, to create a bit of an industry here, you probably have to be prepared to give decent contracts to players, hoping they'll work out, but, but even not if they, sure. that you're not sure. Yeah, 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 totally. And, and like there can be a, people in the schoolboy world would say, and I know there's issues going on there this week, might touch on some of that later or if not in future episodes but like that they will say that the league of Ireland clubs to be very opportunistic in terms of how they hand out their pro deals as well and that's a fair point too so um the manager one is a bit of a blip though i i feel like um i can't imagine rovers getting caught in a similar situation to that again mm. um and 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 it may well be that like you know we have to be realistic about initial transfer fees that if you can get the transfer fees but the scope to do add-ons that's where you get your big money but maybe if some of these exports do quite well like some of these and, and there may be more in this window I think MK Dons are definitely going to come back in for Dawson's Devoy unless they've had a complete change of heart um, is that you can just get those clauses to creep up in value try and creep them yeah. up toward if they do well then it's, it becomes standard to maybe have 200 or 250 as opposed to 100 or 150 and that you know that's where you hope that the players that leave the market perform in such a way that they grow their respect for the market because there's obviously a traditional history that you can come to Ireland and do things cheaply but why they're all going to league one which we may not be aware uh why are, why are more clubs from League One in that direction looking here? It's because it's a Brexit consequence as well that the work permit rules for entering the UK have changed completely. So it's very hard for clubs in the UK now to sign reasonably low-grade EU Europe, EU players yeah. um, unless they've like a, they've quite, they've played international for their country or under-21 for their country. And obviously they previously might have got a load of lads from France or something from that neck of the woods. They can't, whereas the common travel area for adults means that players from Ireland can still go to the UK regardless of their level. And that's effectively why you're seeing more interest from the lower leagues for, for Irish it is, players. It is mad. Like, Boris Johnson's uh, time looks at eye at the moment, but the whole Brexit thing, like, who would have thought? It's just being, the, the impact on football here is... It's, it's, it's mad. It's, like, I think you probably thought, Anna, this will be fine. Not that mm. this will be fine, but it'll be sorted out. But no, I mean, it, its impact is, is quite substantial. Anthony Nelson, the main Anthony, what, I mean, are you looking at yourself? Something that grabs you. Owen Rockham, generally Keith Long in, but he has to answer for per sub. It's been a problem for years um, now I was at Bowes and Derry on Friday the Bowes Derry games were all very good and the Daily Mint ones anyway every Bo- game Bowes uh, weren't bad at all I think um, they've had seven games since Higgins took over they've all had they've all both scored both teams have scored in all seven games yeah yeah and 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 like Derry have a good record in them um, particularly the Daily Mint ones but um, yeah Derry back to form um, somewhat um, but both weren't bad in the game at all I have to apologise Dawson Devoy was wrongly credited with an own goal in several channels I'm not going to throw someone under the bus here but uh, there's no replays in the press box and I got on to them watching the stream at home and they definitively said it was Dawson Devoy having earlier said it was Max Murphy and it was Max Murphy that's mad I thought that goal. was Dawson all along it was Max right Murphy. until now it was Max Murphy. and I watched the highlights and I still yeah. thought it was Dawson yeah no I, I, I don't want to I don't want to I'm not going to shaft any on that. So then, um, um, jo- 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 Joseph <laughs> Lennon, good win for Pats the weekend. Fans have to be more understanding of the job Clancy is doing. Only four of your starting 11 from the cup final left of the club. Um, I've seen a lot of Pats fans making this point. The, 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 the turnover from the final last year. Uh-huh. I think even for Bowes as well too. Uh-huh. Um, I think they needed that win at the weekend. I think for Pats, like, I think they have Dundalk, of course, next week. But really, I feel like the, their European night, they were at home first to the team from Slovenia. And... If, they, if it is the team from Slovenia they face, 
I guess the expectation is that they will, and they have to try and use that as some kind of galvanizing sort of event occasion that whatever is going on there, and I'm not sure if everything is straightforward there in many ways, to try and sort of pull everything together and focus and hopefully, because they still on a good night, they can still be good, you know, like they definitely mm. can. We've seen it. Like, I mean, they, like they really battered Dundalk there like a couple of months ago. Now, Burns was exceptional in that game and he's gone, obviously. Um, but they just need to find something from somewhere and, and maybe that win Paddy Barrett is coming like. back as well um, he played I think for the 19s whatever the weekends a bank was gone uh, saw him photo of him training with Udinese it's quite mad uh, beside Fessi Abaselli and as you mentioned Burns Burns is a massive loss and no two ways yeah, about that yeah now, but coming from Paul just about Rovers been open in Europe and we've sort of addressed that, that that's certainly a concern I, 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 cer- I certainly think that um, that team that they played last night with, with all the players out I think we'll we'll definitely struggle against better teams, but a win is a win. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Thomas Tormey's Rory Gaffney takes is Rory Gaffney the best player in the country? Are any Serie A clubs in for Rory Gaffney? Not that we're aware. When will the Shamrock Rovers shop be stocking Rory Gaffney merchandise? Presumably they should. And uh, does Hooperman wear Rory Gaffney pajamas? Unclear. Mm. Can you shed any light on any of those topics? No, no, um, you can't. But um, yeah, he's a monster. Going to Paul Hansen, um, he's a very intelligent player. He is, yeah. Well, apart from when he's kicking lads in the face, obviously. But I mean, I think that was just a. He said he said he'd only been he'd only he'd only been sent off once in his career. It's not something you think you would have on his locker. Um, yeah, it's sort of mad. It was like an instinctive thing. Uh, Ronan McGinley, with own toll looking like he is on the move. Is the fantasy football team named Toll, Dark, and Handsome still acceptable to use? Asking as a massive city fan. What you you broke the story here that he's been linked with Bolton yeah that's fine but like what about Ronan's question he can definitely still use that Jazz. Told Dark, told Dark it's not bad no it's not bad he would be a massive loss yeah yeah well he, he I think the thing about it is is that uh, you're not really engaging at Ronan's branch there Johnny you've just completely Dark shot down yeah. yeah yeah no it's still acceptable yeah. Can you, yeah. any other names that would spring to mind um, no you've never, you never won for a fantasy football quirky name Jeez, remember your, you used to run a fantasy football competition by fancy football, yeah, I just... I, I just did a League of Ireland back in the day. Like, yeah. I mean, I think about it, it was... We had a really big spat about this because... Who was your man that played for for Bowles? And, like, there was I, a technicality over whether he was a defender or a midfielder. Hooper or something like that? Tony Hopper. Tony Hopper. There was... And, and I remember we had a big spat, like, back in our days before like I don't know women came into our lives <laughs> and whatever um, we were we were we, we I kind of I think I nearly fell out with you over the technicality of what his this position a, this was this is a recurring team I'm pretty sure yeah. we didn't speak for around three years but that was over something else Tony Hopper sadly passed away a couple oh, of years wow. back yeah no he did he not was, know that he was affected yeah. by illness yeah it was, yeah it was very sad but um yeah, I'll tell you. We fall out over actually. We're, we 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 mended it. We were asked before, Kieran, how many shows have we done uh, beforehand? A hundred, yeah. Well over. 200. I seem to recall a, a fraud exchange in the Viper Room <laughs> <laughs> at some stage. Obviously, I don't. <laughs> I think I, I, well, I know exactly. What, of course, I remember. Yeah, no, like you, you called me out on, on a message board form about one of my early endo articles. Like Johnny, you know me. You don't have to fucking take me down on a. A message board. Look at us now. Anyway, look at us now. Um, Kean, yeah, this is the point. More and more games cancelled due to European involvement despite promises it would be better this year, anything that can be done going forward. Surely at the start of the season, there's no reason games couldn't be scheduled around the first qualifying round in advance. Well, that did happen Yeah, uh, with the, the four clubs that are in Europe. I think possibly the gripe here might be the Shells-Rovers game on Friday week being off. Now, I think the reason for that is that um, the, if, if Rovers get through, which looks likely they're going to be playing Actually, in fact, if they'd lost, it would have been the same. They would have been playing the following Tuesday and playing Friday, Tuesday. Um, but I, I understand the um, 
the sort of the, the, the discord around this because obviously Rovers have the strongest squad in the country. Um, there's, there's a balance to be found between the two. I don't think it's unreasonable to allow teams some rope at the start of it, but then there comes a point where they can't be calling off their games every yeah, week. Yeah. I think we've seen that in recent seasons. Teams have tried to play through. Um, and like, you know, think about it, last year when Rovers lost to Florida Talon on the Thursday and they were knackered when they played Bows in the Cup on the Sunday. But I mean, that's that's the game. Even by you know, Andy Lyons winner. That's what you have to do. Um, outside this just broader discussion point again, you know, um, Bernie, but more and more players going to the, going to the mid season in the UK in the future. What can you see happening? It's going to have a massive impact. It will, but I, I don't see any way around that. Um, you know, clubs just need to have stronger squads, and you've seen a lot of incomings as well. I mean, players do get released by UK clubs at the end of the season in May, so you can pick them up. But obviously, that you know that that's not not great for stability. Altai is saying he, it might be an unpopular opinion, but I still feel moving to League One is a step down. When are these players going to play European football with their new clubs? It's a bit of a debate around that. I just think the problem is is the monster of English football at the moment. Like players are, are picking League One over. Um, over clubs in in Holland and and like mm. and, and even top five clubs in Scotland, like even this Dawson Devoid thing. Certainly, I mentioned it in the piece. Certainly, my information would be that it's possible that MK Dons because they have options in the area. They might look to take Devoid and then loan them. But it's interesting chatting to people, and the language was almost like, "Yeah, it might be loaned to League Two or Scotland." And like that'd be the Scottish top, you know, top top level, mm. you know. And that's from, where from the third and, that, and that's where they're seen, you know. But like in, say, own toll if he goes to Bolton, that's like a massive club. Yeah, third tier. Yeah, third tier. But I mean, third tier England is is you know financially. If you if you do that, like Deloitte have this index where they rate clubs on the basis of all various metrics and criteria. Uh, like you know, third tier clubs in England would be bigger than top flight clubs in, in a lot of countries. Mm. Um, and I do take the point about European football. And the one thing I would say about Mandrew is that I, I feel like with his profile, that if if maybe if he'd backed himself to stay with Rovers and and do a European campaign. You know, if they got to group stage football, he possibly could have got a better move. I mean, Daryl Horgan and Andy Boyle did that with Dundalk and got to, like, and they also went to a championship club. And I, I know they got good money as well and probably better money than he'll get at Lincoln. But obviously, some, people, the ladder. some people just want to get in the ladder quickly. But obviously, the gamble is to maybe wait and see, like, would Lincoln still have been there at the end of the summer? Yes, they would. Now, his injury situation is obviously probably another another factor. But um, yeah, let's get Paddy Cavanaugh in. Yeah, Paddy Cavanaugh now joins us. Uh, husband's. Wannabe golfer, engineer, electrician, celebrate goals in front of chip fans. Dogs are amazing. And that's just your Twitter Twitter bio. Dan was trying to come up with a question for this week. He now has. But we were going to... Um, is this... Yeah, we're going to say like... We were um, talking about the... Listen, we're talking about the Viper Room because you brought it up. And then I, I said, why don't we have the quiz question as what year did the Viper Room close? I can't remember. Then we asked Paddy, have you been to the Viper Room? And you started a story... Which was this? What was the story? Well, gents, thanks for having me on. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Paddy. Um, a lot of people have hazy Viper Room memories. No, um, Viper Rooms, we were on a pre-season trip with Bray back in 2000 and... 2008 and... Uh, Where was your trip? Like, to Dublin? No, we were down, down to down to, uh, down to UL to... Um, down to the Sports Academy to go through the series of tests that happened in pre-season. But um, Eddie... At the time, said no. We're going to have a team night out on the Saturday, but we're going to we're going to the dogs. I think. <laughs> so everyone had uh, a four bottles of beer limit that uh, had to be adhered to. Everyone's back on the bus for ten Let's o'clock. Go on the pint last race. <laughs> Ten o'clock on the bus, last race back to the hotel. Go to bed. We're training at 
10 o'clock in the morning. So me and a couple of lads for like a few beers in now, back to the hotel. We can't just go to bed. We need to get another couple of drinks in. So um, there was a couple of people uh, marching the corridors, making sure people were in bed, so on and so forth. But myself and two other players, Who Gary, shall oh, yes. Gary McCabe was one of them. Johnny, just let him tell the story. Gary McCabe and uh, Gavin Whelan. All right. So, uh, Lots of football pedigree there. Sta- serious standards. So we out of the hotel room, down the back stairs, and there was a, a wedding on in the hotel. But we got hold of one of the porters and said, look, any chance you can bring us a taxi and get us out the back door? <laughs> So uh, Porter wasn't, no, no worries, not a bother. Brought us in, through the back kitchen, out the back door, into taxi. Staff would have been down reception area, whatever. They would have had an extra few drinks. So we were into the taxi. Where's the best place to go? I'll take it to the Viper Room, lads. What hour in the morning was this? Uh, we, were, we were sneaking out as such around half ten, eleven o'clock, heading for... But this was in this Limerick. Was this in Limerick? Yeah. See, the Viper Room's in Dublin. Is there a Viper Room in Limerick as well? Oh, I, I see. That's I mean, there's that, a little. This, this doesn't matter. Just tell it. Continue so with the story yeah. anyway. I was like, nobody ever went to the Vibe Room at half ten. It was more so. Like there's, lim- there's a Limerick. There's a Limerick version too. I, I gathered that now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, out we went into uh, said Viper Rooms <laughs> and good old night was had. Taxi man got us back about half three, four, back in through the back kitchen. Kitchen porters looked after with a few quid. Back up into bed. Died next day in training. Died. Did, did Eddie know? I don't know. Eddie, there you go. So <laughs> thinking, so thinking after four bottles, those lads are struggling here. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the lads these days can't even take a drink, you know. The game's gone. But The, um, the Viper rooms. There are, there's more than one Viper room. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm trying to think maybe, yeah. Is there a Viper room in Limerick? Who knows? Listen, we got the story anyway. This yeah, is the main thing that happened. How are you, Paddy? Not too bad, gents. It's good to have you on. Uh, we've lots to talk about. What you make of Rovers? Decent last night. Didn't think they were up against anything, uh, anything great, but job done. Mm. When you see uh, Irish teams dominating in European games, good, I suppose. I think Dan alluded to that. Like it's it's not normal for particularly in a in a game at that level of the of the Champions League where it was routine and it was like historically you don't expect that. I know Hibs were poor, but like it was they dominated. A hundred percent, and dominated with serious pedigree about them like they'd look to touch class they're missing bodies as well but mm. they're um like gaffney watts finner looked like a young buck running around 34 team, like and he was up and down and he's uh played really well he's to be I, I starting was th- in that role team at right wing back in the european game at 34 and a half is mad i, I was just thinking panic because obviously you're probably quite I mean, you, you, like your bio mentions, you score goals in front of Chip fans, you celebrate goals in front of them, which is obviously Bo's Rovers reference from what, 2018. Um, but you did play for Rovers as well too. And I'm just thinking, you were in Belgrade that time, weren't you, when Rovers qualified? Because I seem to remember being in that hotel after the game and I was there, everyone was watching Paddy Sullivan or Pat Sullivan's goal in the screen and Ronan Finn was a part of that squad. So like, as much as you're a Bo's person now and you're involved in the 19s, you have a little bit of a Rovers story there too. I've- Two and, a half, two and a half years at Rovers yeah. and obviously Trevor was the coach at the time when I was there as well but going back to Finner Finner would have made his debut at UCD about two weeks before I'd made my debut for UCD right okay so that's you've been there all the way through I've, like you know I've seen his career alongside my career and the different trajectories of it you know Um, but yeah back to Belgrade it was uh, I was bombed out of the squad 
I seem to recall that. Yeah, yeah. You weren't you weren't what, talking what that night. Yeah. I wasn't there. Uh, I wasn't flavor of the month at all with Michael Lynn. That Why stage, so? things had gone sour between us. Just didn't fancy me anymore. I suppose. Was it your performances or your like? Were you sneaking off for drinks in the Viper Room? No, def, def, definitely not sneaking off for drinks in the Viper Room at that stage. But he just didn't fancy it. Just he brought me to the club at that stage, and I suppose. He'd signed, I think he signed Carl Moore at the end of the July window. I had spoke to him at the start of the window. I knew I was coming to the end of my contract at that stage. And I'd received interest from one or two clubs. And I'd looked to move in the July window. And he said, no, you'll still be involved. We'll get you. You'll, you'll still have, you have a chance to play here. So I'd been in and out of squads. He, um, then... Put me back into a couple of squads, come towards the end of the window, signed Carl Moore the last couple of days of the window. I approached them and said, what story, I have to bring another winger to the club. And the reaction was, I can't see you playing much between now and the end of the season. But then you didn't necessarily have much time to like do anything. So, you stay, so I'm just, just thinking, so during that group stage run, were you just sort of uh, at the club? Unbelievable training player. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that was it. You weren't like, so you've real mixed memories then I'd say at that time, do you? Cause oh yeah, like... For me, it's the same for any, say, fellas who play in a cup final. If you're part of the match day squad and you're a bit part player, you're there. But if you're just on the fringes, you don't enjoy it as much. It's not, you I, don't feel I, part I, of it. So the, la the last game I ever played for my club at home, it was a cup final. It wasn't the last game because I was dropped at uh, the cup final. And just I wouldn't go out afterwards, just went home, didn't go out like with the team and just sulked like. Sour and, memories. and I was on the bench, but it was the only game I missed all season. Yeah, but well, I totally... You can totally, you can totally believe your situation in the <laughs> in the, whatever league is very similar to, it's, it's to Spurs, it's, it's Spurs, 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 Shamrock Rovers of White Hart Lane. It's the exact it's same very similar. Thing. That yeah. was that was my cup final, like, and yeah. I was, I, 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 there was no part of me that wanted. I actually wanted them to lose. So, that, like, <laughs> what's that like? Because, but you were also the, the the great Shamrock Rovers one. You were out in the cold, like, so you didn't, you weren't almost part of that at all. Essentially, no. I yeah. trained. Like in the run up to the game, went to Belgrade. All the carry on is part of the usual train that goes on the night before in um in the stadium. But I was always in the opposition eleven. Play here halfway up in the final third. This is how they're gonna play. I want you to play inside off the off the wing. Well, that's how they're gonna play. As, as a dummy running, like for as the just, this is actually like me and Tala in the media section last night, just relegated to like you know uh, another part. Stop like. bringing all these back to your own life scenarios, Johnny. Paddy's the guest. What was Mick O'Neill like? But, but, I'm, I'm interested. But, what was Mick O'Neill like, and did you kind of fall out over that? A look, shrewd operator. I would. I don't think I'd be the first player who would have been victim to that carry on as such. Mm. You know, so he um. The following couple of weeks, obviously the European squads were announced. We had to register players, yeah. and I'd seen that there was a couple of young lads. Had been registered, and I wasn't. So I knew then, the week of the Spurs game, I had gone and spoke to him, and that was it. That's a killer. Paid up Rowan, Rowan Ricketts was dropped in as well, wasn't he? Oh, Ricketts, yeah. But so did, played, came in at left back because we'd lost it, and had gone at that stage. I think. Who okay. came in at left back? Yeah, uh, Jim McLaughlin. Okay. Oh, ben, was it or wasn't it? No, oh, no, it was no. Jim, oh, Jim, Jim Lockton, the Scottish Jim guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, did Ender not stay for the groups and then leave after it? Sorry, I, I, maybe my memory is uh, memory's gone. But but the, the point is, like, did you go to White Hart Lane? I'm actually just no, interested. No, I um, So you're a Rovers player, not at White Hart Lane? I was a Rovers player, not at White Hart Lane. I was at home with my wife eating pizza, watching football. That's a weird experience in your life. Yeah. Nuts. 
But sure, look, that is football. Yeah. Did, you want, did you want them to win? Did I want them to win? I wanted the lads to do well. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Great okay. group of boys that I was playing with. Yeah. Like, you know, mm. good, good squad, good camaraderie amongst the, like, there were um, some, some good lads there. Yeah. yeah. What about Ronan? You mentioned that you're, you started around the same time as Ronan then. I mean, like, has he surprised you, Ronan, in terms of how he's done? Or did you always see him having a very good career? I mean, look at the longevity of it now that he's still, he's still doing it. No, always knew he was going to be good. He was a player. Even trained, the way he conducted himself and trained, like, at that age. So I'd have, I had a couple of years on him. So he'd, um, it was Pete and, Pete Mann and Eddie Wallace who were there at the time and they were encouraging the young lads to go and play. But he was, he was talented, like, you know, he some engine on him. Still, just, still has nearly. Still has that, um, so was that desire to get there, to get up and down and be, the best version of himself. Eddie Wallace used to always say, like, go out there and be the best version of yourself. And to be fair to him, I think he, he's carried that with him through his career, like, you know. Eddie Wallace, I mean, I see there's a, a tournament named in his honour now, and he's someone that I have to admit I didn't know myself really. I think I encountered him once or twice at various things, but you can sense from uh, the players that have worked with him, like, he was a big influence in a lot of lives. And, uh, would that be fair to say in your, in your case? An absolute diamond of a man for a fella who will be up and down the country knows players picks a pick the player it's no i suppose coincidence the amount of young fellas he would have got through into ucd and then he moved on to other league of Ireland clubs to, to point out a player i suppose for me after him would be probably big dave henderson yeah in terms of known players mm. picking a player at a young age to be like this fella has a chance yeah so we look at Gary Dicker, Connor Salmon, Paul Bourne, they would have all been, I suppose, products nearly of Eddie Wallace. Like. Yeah, like I said, Irish football, like, you know, it's, it's, it's not as if he was doing it for big money. You know what I mean? Like, it, 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 that's the thing. It's not as if he was sort of, uh, he was sort of kinded in off the game or anything like that. It was pure love, I guess, for 100%, sport. 100% love of the game, love of the Irish game, love of the Irish football and wanting to see young fellas do well as opposed to give the bring up the whole age and scenario that's in the game these days. Well, we were, talk- we were talking about before you come on here and, and you know, it's a, it's a, it's a sort of a, what's the word? Like it's the, it's a lot of sharks out there now. And it's a good word. It's an, snakes. It's, a, snakes. it's a, it's an interesting time and you're involved in the underage league. And, and before you come on, we were speaking about say, the volume of players that have, have left and, and probably will continue to leave for various reasons and the small release clauses and stuff like that. I mean, What's your sense of the environment there now, being involved with the Bows under 19s and the young lads you're dealing with there? Are they having voices in their ears and, and, and people getting after them? 100%. I'd say our squad of maybe 16, 17, half of them must have representatives. And it's a case of they have to get in touch with the agent, will get in touch with Craig, the academy director. Yeah. And he'll get in touch. He'll, Craig will then filter information back down. Such and such won't be here this week. He's going to trial in Italy. Such and such won't be here. He's going to trial in Austria or wherever he's going. Like, and they're all going and they're going to Europe in a lot of cases. Into Europe, yeah. The whole everyone knows the whole Brexit thing, the English clubs, so on and so forth. Whereas they're looking further afield now, and we've had boys go to Bologna and Sampdoria, and and it's all places. for like sort of a week here, or a couple a of days there, yeah. and go train here, a week there, and. To be fair to the young lads, they're hearing that such and such once has a look at you. They're 
they're buzzing. They want to go, go and try, like, you know. Mm. That's, I suppose, part of them wants to get in the first team here in the League of Ireland. Next part wants to go further afield. Bigger careers, bigger money, all that carry on that goes with the game. Mm. Mm. And, like, it's it's interesting, like, and, and do you think they, they have a realistic idea of what's possible for them you know what i mean i'm kind of you hear these stories about some of the agents working the scene now as regards bringing players to europe and you sort of wonder like there always used to be this culture that lads would arrive over in trial in england and some 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 clubs would be great some places were even expecting them there i kind of wonder like you know they, they, they'd be getting in the door not through the manager or something it'd be through a contact of a contact to get them into train is that stuff still happening in europe do you reckon as well there's a, a version of that going on i'd say that there has to be a network of someone somewhere saying oh, i know such and such bus driver there over in Sampdoria, he knows such and such get me in mm. you know what i mean we'll have a look at him and it just becomes a chance or we'll have it we'll have a look at him it's a chance 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 no longer people coming in and looking to buy a fella out of out mm. of you developing such it's the agent i feel plucking them out of schoolboy football i'll get you a trial here i'll get you a trial there and we'll take it from there mm. like how do how do you manage that as a club then because like you're you're playing for balls but like oh we have to let you off and train with sandoria that's down to the club and i just I just tell the players to come into football, enjoy themselves and get the best out of every session you're available with us to do. For the academy director and I suppose Keith to a certain degree, they'll have to have them conversations about how they're going to manage the young fellas, who they see as their high potential players coming through, who's getting contracts, who's not getting contracts, you know what I mean? That's that's, a, that's above my station. So Yeah, mm-hmm. it's part of what we were speaking about before you came on. It's like the problem now is that we don't have a bottomless fit, pit of resources here. And clubs here probably have to decide which ones they want to give the better pro contracts through. But then you obviously you leave other players that are on very modest deals. Like, you know, they're not doing it for money at that stage. So can you then hold them back if the offers come in? And that's part of the, the trade-off that's, really, isn't it? That's the bargaining chip there of how you judge, say, a high potential fella against the slow burner. The slow mm. burner might come on a bit later and be 10 times the player that, the so-called superstar young kid was and mm. he gets overtaken seen it all the way through my younger age where i would have been i was calling myself like slow burner i was small it was slight at times whereas there was fellas who went away at 15 16 who were they were like men at that stage mm. and then they plateaued they exactly they just hit a level and then they came back into the pool and then obviously my career went long you just exploded when you came on the scene there was sort of you you sort of were low profile and then all of a sudden yeah you know you you sort of went you you were a a big talking point i was um i was doing my leaving search time and i'd initially gone to bows under 21s and i couldn't manage getting a bus from stillorgan out to the alsa to do to train a couple of times a week and i ended up saying to my father says look I'm not doing this anymore. Like I'm finishing school at half three, jumping on a bus to make it across to the airport for for a six o'clock train, half hour six o'clock train. So um he in turn said, Look, Wayside's only up the road. Up to Wayside playing the Leicester Senior League. There's a fellow I work with. He's um he's up there. He looked up he looked after you. So that was me. Would that be Pete Lennon that would have been there? Pete, Pete Lennon yeah. was manager of the time and yeah. he would have been um Used to taking young fellas in from around the area and trying to develop them as well. Mm. Like, there's a real work ethic and 
I suppose, a hardness about playing for Wayside Mountain men, like, and yes. I went in there as a... I never realised where it was until, like, <laughs> I, I cycled, I looked for the hills, and right. there's Wayside Celtic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up near Kiltern and, like... Serious, that. serious setup. Yeah. Now it's, like, yeah. Premier League training ground. Really? There. Oh, it's fantastic. Prefer to the farmer who owns the fields up there, sold the ground and for development, but said there won't be one block laid until the club is looked after, so they've got a serious setup there now. But... I ended up playing the Lancer Senior League for two years, from the age of 18 till 20, and it was the best grounding in football I ever got. What was the experience like? Playing with men, like proper robust games of football where points on the line every week, proper serious stuff. And from there, we'd won the, won the league against Malahide in a playoff on a Wednesday. And uh, one, of most, one of my most memorable games in football, I'd scored a hat-trick and we'd won 5-1. Well, with that, there was about 2,500 at the game. So, Pat Scully, I think, was manager of Rovers at the time, and there was a few League of Iron people around. And they'd come to me after the game saying, look, I want you to come train next Tuesday, so on and so forth. But Eddie and Pete were there, and they said, any chance to come down and have a chat with us? And I was doing my apprenticeship at the time as an electrician, so mm. that was my introduction into the League of Ireland. But with that, I am... Um, Played an under-21s game. So I was playing against young fellas, 17, 18, 19 years of age. And we'd played a game against St. Pat's. And we beat them, could have won 6 or 7-1. And I'd scored 3 or 4 goals. And they took me off after about 70 minutes. And Pete and Eddie were at the game. They brought me down and said, what do you think of that? And I was like, crap. Didn't enjoy it. Like He goes, they were looking at me shocked, going, what do you mean? Like I says, well, I'm used to playing with men. I was running around, bumping off 28 30 year olds you know mm. what I mean and uh, I says that was easy for me so with that following week then I made my debut against Waterford came on scored and won the game 2-1 that was starting my League of Ireland career and then you had you just sent to Birmingham then so what was that like or how did that all come about that was um, I had played what 11 or 12 games and scored a handful of goals and there had been one or two fellas on to me looking for me to go across on trials and this that and the other and I had no interest in going. I was mm. happy enough doing my apprenticeship, playing League of Ireland, and I um, had no desire to go whatsoever. And with that, this fellow was hounding me to go. And I said, right, I go into work. He says, look, I'm looking for a week's holidays. I'm going to uh, I'm going to trial to Birmingham. So far, man, I was looking at me like, what? <laughs> so uh, I went over and played a friendly against Port Vale, scored in that, played an in-house training game then between first team reserves, scored a couple of goals there, and with that, they'd offered me a deal to go and sign the January window. So I signed a one-year deal, and it was a case of Steve Bruce, manager, they're chasing promotion. They'd just been relegated the year previous, so there's a couple of, couple of big stars around around the ground. You had Bruno and Gotti there, Mikel Forsell. Um, Matthew Upson was there, Mike Taylor, the goalkeeper was there, Nicholas Bentner was on loan, Sebastian Larson was on loan, Fabrice yeah. Mann was on loan, like good, serious squad of players. So um, they ended up getting promoted. So I had a meeting at the end of the year with Bruce and it was a case of, look, I've 90 million here, I need to buy proven Premier League players to uh, keep me in the league. Can offer you an extension to play in the reserves for the next few months to see how we get on or there's... Exeter or Rochdale want you, want, have, want you to go down they want to have a look to you I had no interest why did you have no interest like we were just talking about this before and the, the ladder of English football do you want it to come home 
I wanted to come home. I was it was a case of I go back. I was I was playing League of Ireland, like so. I'd been playing in the league at that stage, and then I was running around playing Mickey Mouse reserve games. So it was a case of I'd no interest in playing the reserve team football. Playing a match on a Monday night with like a handful of people there. Like, it's not as if reserve team games are bursting with loads of people, especially mm. around championship level. So, but it didn't me, appeal to you to go to the next step down on the ladder and get back up and it didn't I'd say even League 1 was a different animal then to what mm. it is now yeah. to be fair like you know it was a diff- different standard and you're talking about I don't want to say washed up pros but it was down there it was just a kicking match I was like I'll go home I'll play League of Ireland and see how my performance go there if it's enough to take me back across the water well enough, if yeah. not I'm going to look after my career outside of football as well so and and it happened. Now you you ended up then you you stinted shells and Derry after Rovers, but Bowes is a place where you actually found a home. Like in a league where sort of it's quite you know transient and people go from one season to the next. You've ended up sort of having a bit of a relationship with a club like that you're now still involved. Like yeah. how did that? How was that seeded? Like how did that actually happen? How did you go from being someone who was traveling around a bit to suddenly settling in a place? I came to a point I think in my life where I was like. Right, get back to Dublin. You've been up and down all over the place a bit. So, Owen Hardy signed me at Bowes, had a decent enough season, and he got the Sligo job. And then Guy Dobbs came in. But for me, playing at Bowes was set routine with training, group of lads who were all there. They were in the same boat as me. They were working, looking after their careers, wanted to show up, wanted to give the best they could for a football team. And you get that back from whatever fans were in the ground at the time. Obviously, their fan base considerably grown since, but it was a case of I felt right playing at Bowes. Uh, everything about the club, its work ethic, was what I wanted out of my life in terms of working hard in my career, mm. embracing that work ethic on a football pitch, and that's what, I suppose, kept me there. It's suited, because, I mean, <laughs> I know Oscar Brennan has spoken recently. Uh, <laughs> he's... he's uh, <laughs> Like Oscar is like, I'm just going to say this and I'm going to leave the country. But um, but he did actually speak. I, I'm trying to think, did you overlap with Oscar at Bowes yeah, towards yeah. the end? Yeah. And he did speak about there was like a dressing room there that obviously Bowes have probably moved to a different level. They're probably at a different phase now, but there was this sort of sweet spot there whereas you had a lot of lads probably in the same boat, a similar mentality. And it worked. Like, did you experienced that. Oh, 100%, 100%. Like, when I think of my Bowes team initially, of just it was fellas who had working careers but were willing to come and play for Bohemians on a much lesser amount of money than what's around now. But they wanted to play League of Ireland, give the best they had to the league and do that for the club. Yeah. The club would give them whatever they could in terms of, we'll give you a career in the League of Ireland, but you're going to give it back to us in work ethic and mm. productivity on the pitch. But that's what, that's what we had as a squad. A mm. team of fellas who were willing to work for the jersey and give everything they had on a Friday night. Nowadays, it's a bit, I don't know, it's a bit instagram isn't it? It's a bit all over the place. Mm. You kind of wonder, yeah. you kind of wonder because, you kind of wonder where the league is going now and like, I'll be honest, like I, I, I want us to have a full-time top flight, the full-time Premier Division, that's the aspiration, I think, you, I think that should be the aspiration. Yet, in saying that, um, you see now like Bows look like they're going to probably move to a slightly different model next year maybe in terms of their training um, you kind of wonder 
where is the future for the player that was in your profile then? Like the, the guy in his late 20s, say, who wants to start a career but, but maybe isn't able to train in the mornings or whatever, like where do they go? Like that's a slight question. I mean, okay, draw are still there as an option. I mean, they, they might do well if everyone else is sort of full-time to, to pick up a certain uh, caliber player, player yeah, in yeah, a stage yeah. of life. But it, it is a weird one. Like the league is sort of coming to a small bit of a crossroads, but is it ready to make that leap? I mean, that's the debate, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a big decision to make. Like, am we going to sign a two-year deal for, I don't know, say 1,200 quid a week? Mm. That's short-term gain in terms of Great for two and a half years, but you have crap season. You're not getting that deal next year. Mm. Where's your career at? Are you going to end up and drop it in on, I don't know, 300 quid a week? Yeah. And it's a case of, I can't go down the whole mortgage route and bills and life. And but all that's that it's, it's, but it's a recurring mean? thing on this show. Like, there's it's, no doubt, you know? But for me, personally, I'd tell any young fella to go and look after his career before football. Yeah. Mm, 100%. Mm. Because... You're not making a career or a life out of the League of Ireland. I, I don't think so, personally. Well, you might get a handful that will, but surely every young book should be looking after his education and that side of the game. And the mm. club should really embrace that side of it too. I know there's scholarships and stuff available, and I think, I know at Bowes, we have pushed young fellas down the scholarship direction to, mm. to educate themselves to make sure that they have so-called plan B. Yeah, I think it is interesting, isn't it? Because... I think sometimes, and I know it's a, some listeners to the show would get on to us that what does full time even mean? Like, and I, I think w- weirdly, is full time just training in the morning? Um, like, can can people do other stuff in their lives later in the day? Because that's the, I think maybe for younger players, if they're doing a college course and they're in their twenties and stuff, I think it's manageable to invert a commas train full time because they're doing stuff in the evening. And and mm. you, I'm aware of players that are in that boat, but obviously it's it's that crossroads age. It's more when you get to your and it's and it's why there's probably there was quite a high retirement rate at senior level. Like you see someone like Jake Hyland stepping away or a few yeah. people. You get you get to a point that unless you're maybe your own and Finn, who's probably done okay yeah. and he's you know he's at the top end. It's very hard for lads at the lower end of the Premier Division to keep going. And even Ronan does stuff on the side as no, well. No, I know. I know and like even exactly. he's thinking that way as well. Like. But them, but them boys have only, like, I suppose, the money from European stuff is where they've had, like, success. It's not as if they're making a living off mm. winning a league of Ireland. Mm. Yeah, oh, so a, lot, a, lot, a lot of lads play, paid for weddings when Dundalk in 2016, yeah, for example, yeah, sure, and stuff yeah. like that, you know? Mm. There was there was big, big rewards there, and that's, that's the carrot for... European football and your bonus games and so on and so forth but can you just tell us as well because like, you even you're a good example of this like you're, you're with the Bowes 19s which are effectively like it's, it's part time yeah. and you're what's your day job day job now we work as a electrical quality manager for a designer group so my day to day work is I'm half seven to four half seven to five Monday to Friday and then it's tally on into into Bowes on a Tuesday Thursday Saturday morning and I'm match on a Sunday it's like it's four days Like so there's no missing here Like no it's um, my wife has gone back to being a football widower as such yeah. like I'd, I'd given up the uh, I'd given up my League of Ireland career and I was back to I was used to having a couple of holidays a year and now that's just it's gone by the way so why'd again, you go back I think I had something to offer the young yeah. fellas coming through like 14, 15 year career if I can help one or two boys to make the transition into a first year first team and I'll give something back. 
like League of Ireland clubs gave me a lot all the way through my career, looked after me. So if I can help one or two get get their foot in the ladder, happy days. Who are you working with at Bowes? Uh Sean Lestrange is the manager. Mm. He's a good attention to detail. He's really good now. He's around the group in terms of his preparation and everything he does. Um he goes above and beyond. Like I'm giving out probably about my four days that I do. He's I don't think he switches off. He's constant. I, I find this fascinating because there's such a network now of underage like managers that like a lot of them have no ambitions to go to senior football management. A lot of them are kind of club legends. A lot of them are ex-players. There's like this network of people from all the 20 clubs that like um, are involved. And like you just mentioned him and he's like... He, he Shane Supple there as well. Yeah, Shane yeah. Supple. Like uh, lives and breathes it like. So that... I, I just think the underage thing is fascinating because it's, it's landed on us like so fast and it's evolving or whatever. Like. Yeah, well, he, like, obviously he has his own career as well mm. outside of football mm. and he has his family to look after as well. But how he, how he manages to keep um, keep everything taken over because I'd never step into management. No chance. It's just, Why? just not for me. Right. Too much time, too much commitment and... Pressure. Uh, I can deal with pressure, but just don't like... The hassle and the timing of everything that has to be done is just not for me. I enjoy mm-hmm. training. I enjoy being out on the pitch. Do you, you enjoy training the lads? Like, and what's it like? What's under nineteen training like? Because you're kind of you're not you're not young, but you're not senior. Like, so it's, how do you fo- are you preparing for the next game, or is it more like well, we're preparing them to step into a first team environment? That's what it is. That's what it is. Okay. But with our own games in mind, we give them the best of, I suppose what we want them on a Sunday to perform like, as well as the work ethic, the characteristics of what gets you into the first team. And you, like, bear in mind, like Bowes under 19s, this is a very high level. Like, so you're talking about, you know, playing against the likes of Pauk and Europe and all this, like, and these are good players. We've underage internationals in our team mm. and the ability and the standards that they have for themselves, like it's, um, it's exceptional from young fellas to be committed in the way that they are, but... Once again, they have to fit the profile to get themselves into the first team. Yeah. So, what's your take on the the climate there at the moment too? Because as ever, there's a lot going on in underage football in this country, and I know you're, you've only been in it for a period of time. So, I'm not going to ask you to like, you know, give us the give us the sermon. I and, and believe you're bringing up the climate. Well, I mean, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna make that joke actually, <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah. yeah, sorry. John, <laughs> I, I heard Johnny this morning t- t- on air talking about maybe going to Malta or somewhere. I was like, Johnny, I mean, you know, it's not. Is he cycling? No, it's a cycling. Cycling's anyway. <laughs> We have the SFAI safe. No, so, so here's my point, right? The like the so it now looks like the under thirteen league won't be a thing. It's going to be the under fourteen league going forward from now. Um, at the under, there's, there's a whole dispute around schoolboys football association and maybe withdrawing some cooperation with the FAI, whatever that means. Um, but then obviously at the other end, you have the under 19 league where sometimes a lot of those players finish and they go into the abyss, you mm-hmm. know, like if it doesn't happen for them and a lot of those are actually really 18 because it's under 19 um, and they're left sort of drifting. I mean, what's your take as someone now who's is now working at the coalface as such of where we are at with underage development in this country. I read briefly over the SFAI statement the other day, and to me, the FAI, the SFAI, it's the same conversation that I think is going around in circles. Why can't everybody get in the room and look after the youth? It seems to be the politics of it all about my club, this club, that club, and everyone forgets about the youth. How about looking after players? It's all sure the players have to be at the 
they should have had the cold front of yeah. this is what we need to prioritize. Are they after. though? I don't don't think so. I I, I, I did find I, th- I think there's agendas and there's people who are looking after their own needs before the players. I okay, when when the when the under fourteen league thing came up and the people I spoke to in the League of Ireland, which were very many, everyone to a man, I, I did feel that they were out for the players and even more the players than necessarily their own club. I thought they wanted and, and they're not in it for riches. I'm not sure that's the but, case yeah, across but, the board. But like, I, I think to be fair though, Johnny, like I, I see where you're coming from and we're probably we're a League of Ireland podcast here that would be probably quite supportive of the concept of the underage national league. I, so I know what you're saying. But not, not every League of Ireland club has also covered itself in glory 100%. in terms of its 100%. interactions, you know, with players. But I mean, in saying that, they're not the only club in the world, they're the only clubs in the world to like, to take the best young players from other teams. It happens in our schoolboy leagues too. Yeah. You know, so I mean, that, that this is the point. But what I'm more interested in is that, like, you're obviously working with players under 19 level in particular, who, okay, you, you say you're preparing them for a first team environment, but maybe only a handful of them will do that with bows realistically i mean it would be great if there was more and, and maybe there will be more but like where do they go from that stage i mean it's interesting you mentioned your own experience in the in the leinster senior league um but that 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 pathway doesn't always exist oh. this new two ter- this new third tier potentially comes along because the, the fear i would have is that you get players and you obviously build them up and you get them to bows 15 17 19 or rovers or pick any club and then they're sort of left yeah, drifting at the end of it, and like that's that's the slight fear a lot of people would have, particularly at eighteen as opposed to twenty or twenty one, where they could have more experience. You know, see, for me, when you get to eighteen, you're an adult. You can vote. You can do X, Y, and Z. It's also time to put on your big boy pants now, and you either get a job, commit to your answer senior league stuff, mm. or else if your league of Ireland career takes off, and good, but be for me, you need to nearly say, okay, it's not working out for me here. I'll give the answer senior league a crack develop myself a bit more and see if it comes back around. Like you have to make them decisions in life. You, mm. You're not going to sit around at 16, 17, 18 forever and hope you crack a first team. You have to get on with things as well. And that's it might sound a bit ruthless, but... Well, no, you've, you've lived an experience that there's, there's only... I've there's, been there. I, we've had, we had a... When, when we had our FEI Cup show last year and you'd speak to people about... I think it was Andy Vimultion previously as well about why don't... Why don't more lads do what you you've done? You've actually done your route. I mean, Danny Grant did it as well as well. Danny yeah. Grant played in the in that Type scene. Anger, yeah. Dan, Dan uh, Daniel Kelly as well. Yeah. And there's there's other examples, but not necessarily a massive amount. I know COVID brought more of them into the league and so on. Yeah. But it's clearly it's not an avenue that's maybe taken on a Definitely. on a more and regular basis. You know. If this third tier doesn't kick off, I think any young fella who is going to age out as such of nineteens. Should definitely give the senior Sunday division in Leinster Senior League a crack because it'll give them a good standard of football with a grounding to allow them to potentially step. It'll allow, I suppose, managers, if they do go around the country looking at players, it'll see them tested in a, a man's environment yeah. at yeah. the end of the day. Mm. Granted, the league is very young, but they're still playing in that manly environment as opposed to yeah. schoolboy tippy-tappy at times you know mm-hmm. structured yeah, yeah. football well listen I think we need to crack on a bit now we've two other we've spoken a bit about Rovers we've two other European games this week we've got Derry City against Riga uh, it's Thursday evening this evening I think a lot of people will be listening to this and we've got Sligo Rovers way to Ballatown I did after the Bowes Derry last week Bowes Derry game last week get to chat to Rory Higgins for a couple of minutes about the Riga test uh, they're really experienced team they've 
good players where if you look at their, their CVs and their pedigree they've all played at big clubs um, and they've good resources at Riga um, well backed and, and we know they, they go through the round or through the tie then we're going to have to be their very best because um, they've got players who are capable of playing at a very high level How do they compare with the Riga you were seeing at Dundalk when you were there? Uh, they're slightly different and how they, obviously different manager um, I remember that Riga team who we played at Dundalk were extremely rigid and well organised and fit and strong where this team there's a bit more creativity in this team and, and something that we'll have to be prepared for and we know again repeat myself but we know that they, they beat Riga um, given the quality they have in their group that we have to be their very best uh, Dracopsis is there isn't he from Dundalk uh, he, he's, uh, is he playing or what's it yeah uh, he's playing um, yeah so they, uh, bit of local knowledge there. Like I mean, you know, a couple of Latvian yeah. internationals, but they've they've a lot of it's it's multinational. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, different nationalities involved, but a lot of talent and um, I will be hopefully well prepared and give the players as much information and knowledge of them as possible, and and so there's no uh, grey areas going into the game. Like you have a lot of experience in this area from playing. You know, you've done a bit of scouting with Ireland and all the sort of the mechanics of preparing to play a team from a different jurisdiction rather relative to playing Bows or someone that you know regularly. Like how do you impart that information to the players across the next couple of days? How do you actually do that? Well, it's 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 important that it's it's not information overload and you leave them uh, their heads scrambled. So it, it's sorta of try and break it into them over a few days and, and um so they know their opponent, their individual opponent, they know how they play in possession and out of possession and trying to exploit weaknesses within that. And aye, we won't, uh, it won't be hour or two hour meetings, it'll be mm. sort of uh, three or four smaller meetings and, and, and give them as much info as possible and, and so that they're very clear going in what we expect. This time last year, um, McElhenney and Patchen were playing, Patrick McElhenney and Patchen were playing Europe for Dundalk and they... They were excellent. I mean, I know as a team, maybe it's a first experience in Europe together, but how do you lean on the players in the group who, to be fair, do have a fair bit of experience in this sort of Aye, well, Will, Will doesn't have that much experience in Europe. I think he played a couple of games last year, yeah. but outside of that, not really. Patrick has loads of experience, and um, there's a few more of have played bits and pieces. Uh, Dummigan and Owen Toll. So... It's a, it's a brilliant experience, I think. Some of the best nights in, in, in my career um, that I get the most satisfaction out of were, were, were European nights, particularly with Derry. And um, they can be special. And hopefully the Brandywell is absolutely packed on Thursday night and loads of noise and, and the crowd get right behind us and we can, we can put in a, a big, big performance and get a good result. Yeah, so Johnny, I should say like the 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 initial comment about Riga is because Roy Higgins was obviously involved there previously mm. with Dundalk in twenty nineteen when he was the assistant manager. Um, these are big games, these European games for our clubs. I feel like I don't know, Paddy. What's your take on the importance of the the European results for the league? Because you you see Shamrock Rovers win, and last night as we speak, um, you got Derry and Sligo Rovers with winnable ties. I think. Sligo Rovers won very winnable, I think, against a team from Wales. Derry, Riga, a little bit more tricky, but how important is it to see our clubs doing well, in your opinion? Um, from a standard point of view, really important. But I think any team that goes well in Europe 
sees the levels available that their team can get to. So if they can get their team to come back and play in the League of Ireland at the higher levels that they've achieved in Europe, because that's ultimately where we want our teams to go, is get to the best standard they can. But obviously the tricky toys, if it throws up, if Bala get a result against Sligo, mm. all of a sudden our league is kind of going, oh, pub league stuff again. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, you can't lose to a team from Wales. Like it's one it's, of these... It's, exactly. It's, 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 there's actually it's, a weird pressure on the yeah, Sligo Rovers players yeah. in, in that respect. It's a, it's, it's a haunting factor from previous results, but um, the Dirty Riga one, I think Dirty should have enough in the tank. I think they do well there, but once again, they'll set a standard and they'll try and keep that for the rest of the season. Well, what do you like, think, Johnny? I mean, it is isn't like you see TNS play, um, you know. Linfield, but Linfield. TNS finished, I think, 19 or 20 points ahead of Ballotown. Mm. TNS are. Ballot, like, it's. Ballet. TNS are good. Yeah. But, like, we, we had Newtown who played Dundalk, what, last year, and they were terrible. And I think they were a bit lower down. This is a massive opportunity for Sligo, like, and I think that that Motherwell tie is such a carrot. And for John Russell to come in, the Derry one, like, I'm not going to lie, I don't know that much about Riga, but, like, it's. You, you see Bowes last year in Europe, the, the lift that gave everyone. It was like Bowes playing in Lansdowne Road with so many people going to games. And um, every player I, I ask, like, they always have these special memories of Europe. Like, and I think it's massive. I'm, like, last night, like, I really enjoy nights like that as well, Dan. It's like, this is LOI in Europe. And it's like, people do take notice. Like, lots of people are texting me, WhatsApp me. They don't necessarily watch the Ireland. They watched the game last night. Yeah. And they... They, they want to see us do well in Europe, even if they're not League of Ireland fans. So. Paddy, Paddy, what's your happy year? Because you would have been at Rovers in 2010 then. My happy um, European memory is scoring for Derry over in Traps and Turkey. Oh, wow. Oh, God, that game. Jeez, I remember that game. Were you at that game? No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, I was, in, like my, three, two or I was in my apartment in Dublin ten. that day and it was on, I think, because we mentioned the TV stuff. The streaming, was, was it? No, Satanta picked it up. Or oh, wow. Air picked it up. So I vaguely remember it. And it was, it was a flurry of early goals in that game or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Or, yeah. It was, was it 3-1 and a half time, possibly? 3-1 or 3-2. What was the atmosphere like? Unbelievable. Yeah. I think there was 60,000 over there. I think Travis and Spore had like some kind of connection with um with Drotta. They That's do, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But in the 64th minute over there, they all just stand up and go absolutely bananas. And like, it was drizzly rainy night, but on the 64th minute, this thing just erupted the stadium, just went bananas. That's was, mad. Was it a good goal you got? It wasn't bad. Yeah. I have to look that up now. I do remember looking this game up in recent did, years. Did Aaron McAniff score that game? Or no, no was Aaron McAniff wasn't there. He wasn't there. Uh, Dave, Dave McDade. Dave McDade. Right. Sorry, you're right. Aaron McAniff would be far too young to be involved in that. So yeah. Jared Doherty in goal. Patrick McElhenney and Michael Duffy would have been involved. Michael Duffy had only come into the squad that year. Maybe I'm thinking of Duffy's involvement or something. Stuart yeah. Grease and centre-back. Oh, I should say as well, that Shamrock Rovers player you mentioned earlier was Jim Patterson, before people complain. Wasn't Jim, uh, Jim Lockton was a guy who played for for Sligo, Jim Patterson. Because I remember they did, so I think Enda did stay for the group stages, but they uh, they had this veteran Scottish player, which yeah. they brought in. But um, that's a great memory to have, actually, yeah. Travis on sport. And these are the things that, like, I think that there's a danger this year that it becomes very Rovers focused in Europe because obviously they're going to be involved. I think the other clubs have a job to do to get to probably the third round. I think the third round is like the mm. the threshold of 
it being a good season for them, you know, like yeah. I think Sligo Rovers have to win, they have to, be, and I think Derry would be gutted if they don't, as much as Riga are a tough team to play at this at this round, at, the, at this this particular round. I mentioned but then Derry they, potentially play a team from Slovakia, I think, and who come second in their league so last year, but in but in preseason, it's kind of doable. Like. Sligo Rovers, Motherwell again, Motherwell's record actually since Christmas has been dreadful. They fell into Europe. They were in the, the right side of the cut line for the top six, but they had a horrendous run. But um, so like there, you know, there comes a point where you you, you, you have to start to fancy yourselves and totally. those type of ties. Yeah. But in reality, like and Pat's playing probably a decent team too. It's going to be hard for those teams, whereas Rovers have this great platform now to dominate the summer. So hopefully the other clubs yeah. can get themselves you, you may, the, the new Saints, I didn't realise Josh Daniels is playing for them, like the ex-Derry player. And like there are these kind of like links, possibly even linked to move to Derry. They are actually a good side, but like... Who's that, sorry? Uh, Josh Daniels are playing with the, the new Saints. So like he's... Uh, is that where he's coming? Yeah, yeah. Josh so he's. I think he's sense. just after signing for them. Um. So he's like. There was talk maybe that he would come back to Derry, and he's like part of that squad now. But Bala Town, I think it's like a town of like fifteen hundred people or something. The apparently the, the there was like one woman like manning all the tickets uh, situation, and she was like having a panic. There was so much Sligo interest in the tie, and they're trying to figure out how to get over there. There's talk of. Boat being kind of um, derailed, not to, not to to, to can't derail a boat. Derailable. Yeah, that <laughs> desailed. Um, so I, I see. Knock Airport was tweeting the uh, the 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 Rovers team were getting on the um, the plane yesterday, but like great great trip. But like that that game gets Motherwell. It, presuming it happens, would be just such a carrot. Like so. No, a it, would, it would be. It would be a good occasion. Yeah. We'll, hopefully, we'll, we'll we'll have time to preview that in mm. in due course. Um, what else we got on this week, Johnny? We, we need to do our we need to do our quiz. The so winner of last week's the question was the question was which current Shamrock Rovers player uh, could play for Malta. Do, do you know it's, the funny thing is so, the answer was Neil Frugia. So when he when he was coming through like the mix zone yesterday, it's funny when you think of everyone is celebrating like with with Gaffney and Finn and Neil Frugia kind of comes in the background. It's like. There's always there's always a, a lad there who's like just struggling with injury or something who's just missing out on this like you were and it's 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 and he was just very he was very mannerly and like shaking hands with the players congrats like and there's there's always a story that you don't see as well like hundred percent that's I'd say inside that's eating him that he's not involved and you're on the edges the whole time because there's nothing that beats playing and being actually involved in the winning of something or the competing in the heat of battle whereas if you're on the outside it never really feels like. I've contributed. Yeah. Regardless, you've trained week in, week out. You've been there through everything, shown up and done your done your work. But when it comes down to the ninety minutes on the pitch, that's where you feel you've got you've gotten your rewards. Yeah. And if you're not involved there, I just for me it's. And you have to keep showing your face and and not be a go, negative influence. And do yeah, do. it's not easy. Like no, no, I can imagine. And Neil, Neil is like that 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 career that he hopefully will have, and it's like. You know, you want to see him on this stage. So he was, uh, I think he could be eligible for four countries, Dan. Yeah. Definitely Malta, France and Ireland. And uh, he was the answer. It's and here, Spain. He definitely has another coming. I mean, someone pointed out, I mean, you could obviously marry a Maltese person and live there and be qualified for Maltese. Very hot with climate change. Uh, well, here um, you go. You could always just cycle, Paddy. Yeah. I was, there, I, was there, I was in Malta a few years ago on holidays. Not a bad place. Mm. What's it like? Kind of like Italian vibe type yeah. thing? Yeah. I tell you... Nice, nice, nice coast. No, I was nice coast. It definitely has that. I was like, there's a kind of a like Sicilian. Like I was trying. Like, these these Maltese fans were seriously getting going that ground last night. They were. There was no like you know. Well, I think the suggestion there. was that there was it was Maltese officials involved in that as well too because uh, possibly a, a lot of their, their directors and stuff were also banned. Around the Gaffney incident, or yes, 
Yes. Yeah, but, but I didn't. I didn't get away I, with that, I, by the way. Roger, look, get on with yeah. it. John yeah. Football, get on with it. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was actually hilarious. The winner was Derry Kelly, who I think might be a Rovers fan as well. So he's the double, double win for Derry Kelly. Four uh, lovely Porterhouse uh, IPAs or whatever you'd like on your way uh, to you, Derek. Dan, this, this week's week. question, very simple. There's uh, there's four League of Ireland managers involved in Europe this year. One of them hasn't won a League of Ireland Premier Division as a player. Who is the answer to that question? Send us your, your tweets to at LOI Central Pod or Instagram, the same address, LOI Central Pod, and we welcome all suggested mailbag topics as well too. You had a curry chip discussion before you come on, Paddy Cavanaugh. I mean, you're a man who celebrates in front of a chip fan um, and we've now start, sparked a great debate about the great curry chips in the league. You've never had the never had the joy of sampling stuff around games and thinking... Um, one Dalymount is actually, actually isn't bad. The Pie Man's in Dalymount always. Is, that, is the Pie Man still there? This, you can answer this for us. Is the Pie Man still there? I don't know, actually. Yeah, yeah. It was but a good quality good quality serious, of Pie. Serious Pie. Good, mm. good scratch. Both are off to Berlin, of course, in their own European trip. It could be nine Berliner, and, yeah. And a couple, yeah. Of your, a couple of your lads are heading couple, off with them. A couple of our boys are heading with them, I believe, and... By all accounts, there's going to be a thousand Bose fans there as well. So <laughs> absolutely mad. It's a great city. I think uh, I was there in Holland a couple city. of weeks ago. If any Bose fans listen, there's this area called the Tear Garden. It's like um, it's down. It's it's actually probably their version of Central Park or something, but it's in the centre of town. Um, and it has like a, a lovely lake where people sort of get on boats and go on. There's like these benches, wooden benches, and there's like a wonderful outdoor beers and food and stuff. And I was there in Hollywood a couple of weeks ago and I was thinking, God, when Bows are back over here, this is like the prime area for them to take over. Now, s- several of them would end up in the lake. That would be, you know, that would be inevitable, but it's, it's a good time. It's oh, good serious, year. Not, serious not a bad European trip. trip. Yeah. Eight, eight euro a ticket, I think, for the, um, for the supporters going, so. Yeah. Mm. I, think the, I think the airfares are more expensive, though. I think that's the only thing, but, um, it's not, you know, they're building relationships and who knows. Yeah, like I mean, both are cool things to a, a left-wing political entity masquerading as a football club, really. <laughs> Go United v Cove at Lone Town, Bray Wanderers, Waterford, Wexford, Treaty, Longford Town. Uh, the show goes on in the first division. Barry Coffey, of course. Cork City's yeah, coffee. No, no, um, no Cork City actually playing this week, so it's a chance for Go United. Shane Keegan returning to uh, Terryland as well. Someone's phone has gone off in the background, um, but we are getting to that point. Uh, we're getting to the end of the show. UCD so. Bows on Thursday. What else is yeah, on the television this week, UC, Johnny? UCD Bows Thursday. Um, Shells Finn Harps um, on Friday. They got hammered in that last fixture, the corresponding fixture. They did. I, I was at that game. It was actually a weird night. And um, Trotted Dundalk then, Dan, obviously, um, a game that Dundalk lost earlier in the Season. It probably is, the yeah. last game they lost and they, maybe they might have lost for over since um, but obviously they're flying high and uh, draw to doing well as well that, that that's an interesting loud derby interesting. Um, it's been yeah. <laughs> it's been interesting is the word that we overuse oh, I hear it regularly on, yeah. the, on the pod yeah yeah Paddy's a fan a yeah. big fan yeah that, I mean Regular Leafy with love banks. Reg- regular, regular well, but yeah, but I, think, I think last week did you not meet? He some literally just re- he just he just quoted Pat Cavanaugh there. <laughs> well, I mean, he's probably had this his whole life. I can give you some Daniel O'Donnell stuff if you want as well. But 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 like uh, the, the wasn't it some mate at Paddy's that you met last week? You were uh, you were doing some kind of meet and greet in a beer garden somewhere, wasn't he? This picture of like because you got involved in a discussion online. I wasn't and doing it, a meet and greet. You were. I, was, I was at the bar. Did, and somebody came up was, to me. Like, was someone asked was that, you? Was that at the races? Or? Someone asked you for a selfie. Yeah, yeah like, would have been a Did someone ask you for a selfie? The okay. big Doyen, isn't he? Huh? The, bi- the big Doyen. The, that's the the fan. Yeah. Sorry. It's clear. Just, just, just look at Johnny's eyes in the photo. Yeah. Terry doesn't remember me. <laughs> no, 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 I do. But just, just for context, right? Um, Friday night, 
I went into Talk after game and kind of got in, involved in, in the whole Mauro Picado thing. That was to me. So last Friday night, you were the Bob Dylan thing on the Olympia. That was Friday. Forget about that. What else did you be doing on a Friday the night? The following you know? Saturday, wine. Wine tasting, thrown in there too. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> like the two, wine, yeah, sorry. Two but weeks ago, you, you only went to Shells and Doll because you, you couldn't go to some gig in the NCH or something. That's like. true. Do you just book Friday nights? Like I, th- I would have thought it was Sunday that you were there, no? Well, the, the Saturday was the Curra. Yeah, that's when I, I met your mate, right? And then the Sunday was was Crow Park followed by the wine tasting. So right. I can't remember any aspects of those three days <laughs> very very well. So when when it was brought up, uh, Paddy Cavanagh, you're you with the mate. And in fairness, like that night, that day in Kildare, there were loads of people, racing fans, who actually were just good for the chat. And then in the Mara Bacala gig, there were lots of people fans of the podcast. So I actually there was so much adulation for me. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously there, there wasn't, but uh, yeah. So uh, I don't, I, mean, I don't really remember Paddy, but like it's, uh, I, I always knew you're having a good time. Anyway, yeah. yeah, and I always knew from your interactions on social media that you'd, you'd be, you'd be go crack to have on. But it, yeah, I think you're a lot deeper than that as well. Some interesting views there. Interesting. Yeah, interesting views. We'll have him back. We'll maybe even have ourselves back. We'll be back next week when we'll be reflecting on the rest of the first round toys. We'll be after the Hibs. Uh, Rover's second leg when we're back. I think Jeez. Rover should be through by then. Do you have a game this weekend? Nineteen. No game. No. No, no game this weekend. To, uh, They're off to Berlin. Some of the some of the lads yeah. off to Berlin. Yeah. We're, we're Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday now for next after after this weekend. With games. With games. Wow. It's it's a it's an ever ending carousel. It'd be brilliant having you on. Yes, yeah, great Paddy. Um, th- we we did this in all of our marketing. We're in association with uh, Future Ticketing, Port Harris Brewery, and Collar and Cuff. Decky, uh, look after the young man going in there who <laughs> might be getting a job in the courts. Like it's good that somebody associated with this podcast is working in the courts as opposed to going to the courts. Like you know, like that Robert's fan was causing anger. Understand? Right, we're done. We're done. Good luck. <laughs>